This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you know you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, unlike the Owls, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So there's only one thing left to say. What's everybody having? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means you'll get some tasty rewards later on. And between you and me, if you order just before kickoff, you can get it just in time for half time. But I've not told you that. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery free and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. See you later. Hello, good evening, good morning, whenever you're listening to it, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Wednesday week. My name's Fudge. Uh, it's not a euphemism. That's my actual name. Uh, and, you know, welcome welcome again to the Wednesday week. It's that time of week again where we sit there and it's eternal optimism for the next 60 minutes, ladies and gentlemen. With me on the line tonight, we've got uh, the eternally optimistic Mr. James Marriott. That, Do you actually you introduce that? yourself to people? As uh, Dan Fudge, not as in a euthanism, because I do introduce myself as James Marriott. No, I don't own the hotel. It's not being funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's actually written on my business cards. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> not as sweet as you'd think. Something like that. So, something quippy, you know. And uh, and we've got middle class hero once again, Mr. Eddie Hoyland, Saucy Jams. Are you all right, brother? For those of you who were worrying about it, yes, I am drinking red wine. Tonight, it's a beautiful Cote du Tongue from the Loire Valley in France. A Cote du Tongue? That sounds like, well, yeah. Yeah, that sounds like you know, <laughs> an ex-Sheffield United midfielder has bought some coastline. You've got the wrong podcast here, aren't you? This is, this is the Wednesday week, not the, not the Tosspot Weekly. Sorry, mate. I, 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 won't, I won't be told what this podcast is or isn't. Like, I won't be, be bu- bullied into drinking beers during this. I'm here for the, uh, for the more continental flavour of the Wednesday week podcast. Well, you know, we'll, we'll bring some upper-class flair to it then. So, chaps, like I said, it's going to be eternally optimistic uh, tonight, as you, uh, as you probably guessed. And speaking of being upbeat, uh, I don't know if you've tried this this place out near uh, near the Hillsborough ground itself. Um, uh, you can get yourself some uh, lovely alternative flavoured middle class sandwiches, and uh, you can also buy some bottles of Corona with their lovely heated outside bar. Do you know where that is? Mm, I'm guess that's the Riverside Cafe. That is that is the Riverside Cafe. That's where you can purchase all of all of the above and get yourself a lovely pretty much pint. In the interim, chaps, back to positivity. We're back in the game. Uh, Eddie, I'm going to come to you first. We've got the uh, the Stoke game. Uh, not the best of starts, was it? Uh, no. I, I think I'd go so far as to say we were probably caught cold, weren't we? Um, <laughs> yeah. So I did a um, a, a little pickup call with uh, the Wizards of Drivel podcast, uh, which is the Stoke fans podcast. That's an excellent <laughs> name. Um, <laughs> so I, I had a chat with them on um, on Thursday preceding the match, and um, I was a little bit down on Wednesday because I predicted that um, Stoke being a team that has just come down for the Premier League, big-name players, um, haven't really delivered so far this season, looked like the, you know they were in transition and, and struggling to deal with the differing demands of the championship, that Wednesday would be the four guys. Um, and in fact, I predicted a 2-1 defeat. 
um, which I don't think I would do necessarily, um, you know, on the Wednesday week podcast, although I actually did that last week. Um, I thought that this was going to be a, a real banana skin for us. And for the first 20 minutes, at least, it looked absolutely likely that this was going to, a 2-1 was a dream because it looked like we were going to get beat fives and sixes. Um, I can't believe how flat-footed both Jordan Thornley and Tom Leeds were caught for both of those goals in the first 20 minutes. And I can't believe how good Benny Kofobi looked. I mean, we literally made him look like Keelan Mbappe um, for, for 20, 25 minutes of that game. Uh, and, you know, and this is a player who... Um, let's be honest, has never done it in the Premier League and only really shone in, in stretches, uh, you know, even in the Championship. So, um, yeah, it was an absolutely diabolical start. Everything we feared and a return to, the, you know, the sort of form that we'd shown in those opening games of the season where it really felt like doom and gloom. Uh, the one question I've got from those opening two goals, and I, you know, I have, I, I have quite literally fingered Jordan Thornley and Tom Lees uh, for, for those goals. And I've looked, I've watched the replay a couple of times. Um, and, and, you know, I think my initial instincts are correct. Uh, some people have said, and I've read it online, that Matt Penny could have done, um, more to cover for, for those goals. It, you know, he, a player got behind him, certainly for the second goal. Um, could he really have done anything about it given that there were his two centre backs who were meant to be doing a job and, and didn't? You know, that that to me feels a bit harsh. Is that is it unfair to Matt Penny that he is getting um, getting blown up for perhaps some naivety in those opening twenty minutes for those two goals? Absolutely. I, I tell you what. Where did you read this this utter drivel, Eddie? I'm assuming this is Twitter. Uh, no, it's, it's a combination of Twitter and Owl's talk, which, although oh. I, 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 for the last 10 years, have lived on for most, um, I, I appreciate that that is full of absolute bullshit. Oh, but so yeah. just, just say that back to yourself, Eddie, and I think you've got your answer there, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> I've got I've got to agree with the mildly amusing uh, Dan Fudge there on uh, on on that front. Um, <laughs> do you know what Matt Penny had an absolutely torrid first twenty minutes, didn't he? He was being run ragged by um, Tom Ince, and I, I, you just kind of think, oh, is this the game where you know it, it kind of after such a really strong start to his run of appearances in the first team, is this the game where he gets found out, and is this the game that really bashes his confidence? But to be fair to the lad, I thought. He, once he got to grips with it, and it's the first time he's played against a, a really good player down that that wing, uh, it took him 20 minutes to get to grips with it. But when he did, I thought he adjusted really well. And I thought he, for 70 minutes, played really, really well. So I think it's really unfair people blaming him for, for stuff. And let's, right, to be frank and honest, right, the first goal, 100% Dawson could have and should have saved it. I don't know why he went to his knees. It didn't make any sense. Um, it was it was it was crap all round. To be fair, defensively, but I think keeper should have had that. Yeah, I I, I agree with you. I think there's going to be a point where, um, well, we'll probably get there after the Forest game, where people start to turn on Dawson and start raising questions about the um, about the goalkeeping situation. And I, and I think the honeymoon period of having two homegrown young lads from our youth team, that honeymoon period is starting to come to a bit of an end. And uh, yeah, I, I believe you're right. I think he could have done better. I, I, I think um, there's there's been a few times I've seen the last couple of games where I've seen uh, Bannon actually screaming at Dawson specifically about not coming off his line quick enough and uh, and you know bread and butter stuff like that. But I'm pretty sure we're going to get there later on. No. Uh, yeah, I, I I think there's there's a discussion to be had around that, and uh, you know I think we we're going to have to have that um, that conversation as to. Dawson and Wildsmith, between them, can we cobble together the production that we need uh, at that position that uh, obviously Westwood has delivered? So um, I think it's probably a conversation to be had when we discuss uh, the next game. But you know, like it or loathe it, we had a torrid 20, 25 minutes. Um, but then literally almost as the second goal went in, it was like the scales had dropped from their eyes and we started playing um, an awful lot better and nothing better than Barry Bannon dropping deep, receiving a ball and then lofting an absolute peach of a 50-yard drive 
um, through to the onrushing. Well, I, who did he pick out? Did he pick out Fletch? Did he pick out Matthias? Um, because they kind of ping, pinballed it a bit between them. Um, but it was a smart finish, wasn't it, from uh, from Marco? I can't. I can't actually pinpoint the bit where he actually kicks the ball. There's a bit where the defender gets the side of him, and all of a sudden it's in the corner of the net. You go, what, what part of his body did it come off? You know what I mean? Either he's, uh, either he's got a really deft right foot, or he's swinging a hammer, like, like you know what I mean, like a bloke on a certain set in adult snuggle movies. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know what he's hit it with to get it in the in, in the onion bag. But uh, I thought I thought the goal was absolutely glorious. I thought, like you said, the ball from Bannon, the, the finish from Matthias, or as he's now called after Sky TV last night, uh, Matthias. Apparently, yeah, Matthias. Uh, apparently that's his name now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, was it a case of um, Stoke taking their foot off the gas or did we all of a sudden do what we seem to do under Carvalho a lot, was, um, was go two goals down and decide we were going to start playing? It was 100% Stoke taking a foot off the gas. Uh, they should have been out of sight and they could have been out of sight in that, that first 20, 25 minutes. They just, they, they ran us all over the place. Like they, it was like a knife through butter and, um, they probably missed chances that they should have scored. And if they had have scored, they'd have been way out of sight. And I, and I don't know why, but they took the foot off the gas and, uh, we, you know, we got that kind of, Lucky route back into the game. Say lucky route was actually a good. It was a good goal. It was a great ball, but it was it was kind of optimistic, wasn't it? It was just kind of like a a kind of out of nothing. We got ourselves back into the the game, and Stoke never really took control back. And um, you know, you see why they've been having a few problems this season. Stoke, they're not quite getting to grips with this league. And I think there was an example of that on on Saturday where they showed how you know when they're on form, they are an immense team, and you would think that they are going to be up there or thereabouts come the end of the season on the back of that first 20 25 minutes but they did that you know that that terrible thing that that teams do in this league sometimes and you know we knew that we went through a period where we were guilty of this uh which is just sitting back on on a lead and um you know things things change so quickly in games in the championship thankfully this time around it was to our benefit but i honestly think like stoke should have walloped us they really should have walloped us but it looked like, like they were going to if i'm honest i, I thought that's what was going to happen Sorry, Eddie, carry on. My apologies. I think that the weird thing was that um, as soon as we got the goal, Stoke just like reverted to being a really, really ordinary side. It was almost like flicking a switch. Suddenly they were getting into good positions and the shots were like, you know, really, really harmless. You know, they, as soon as it left the striker's foot, they were going out for a throw in. Um, you know, Dawson was kind of strolling around like there's no way you're going to trouble us here, lads. Uh, so it was a really, really strange thing that almost as soon as they were challenged, those heads went down. And, and to be brutally honest, from the, from the second that Matthias's, um, shot hit the net, we were the better team and we only kind of accelerated through the gears to, um, you know, obviously the pivotal point in the game, which was, uh, Barry Bannon's free kick. But before that, you know, it, you know, the, the likes of Matt Penny, who any other player, you know, would be excused for, as a young lad being given a torrid time by experienced pros who play in the Premier League and they could shrink away from it. But in the second half, he was rampaging down the left flank. Uh, you know, he had an entire, like a box-to-box run where he beat two players, played a little one-two with Fletcher, I think it was, um, and then, you know, then had a shot. And that just, it was writ large exactly how the team were feeling at that point and that we were in the ascendancy. And so it wasn't a surprise um, that the goal came. It was just probably a surprise that the goal came in that fashion um, because it was about as casual a goal as you'll ever see, isn't it? Yeah, it was. I nearly did a, uh, a Lord Hillsborough absolutely then. Uh, so that's nice, isn't it? <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, we saw Penny's, Penny's run down the left-hand side and he's 1-2. Uh, I mean, the, the free kick, James. Uh, L- Lickle Barry. Uh, I, I think if people are still watching Soccer AM, they will use the term top bins. But I don't know if anybody still watches that program, but uh, they have bins in the in the bar. It was a, it was an early 2010 thing, you know what I mean? But, um, but I mean, is, is that something he's capable of? I mean, he, he, he's playing all right, isn't he? Uh, we know that he can hit a ball, don't we? Um, although it's, it's, it's kind of... We've seen him score one worldly already this season. They tend to be kind of few and far between, don't they, Barry Bannon um, thunder chuffers to, uh, to, to, to quote a phrase. <laughs> but, um, it was, um, 
think I, I had a premonition last week, and actually it was interesting, um, Eddie talking about how he thought we were going to lose as well going into that Stoke game. I had a premonition that we were going to lose that game 4-1, quite akin to, you remember when Watford beat us at Hillsborough a few years back where we oh, went 1-0 on. up, and then they basically just ran us all over for, for 80 minutes. Um, and I'd, I was going around the pub before and telling everyone, don't, you know, it's going to be 4-1. Absolutely. I was convinced it was 4-1. And I've never bet on a football match. If I ever did, it would have been Saturday because I was so convinced it was going to be 4-1. Um, and even when, you know, they went two up and I was like, yep, told you. 4-1 this game um, we pulled the goal back and I'm still like look I'm still I'm, I'm still on track it's still going to be right so when um, Barry Bannon stepped up to take that free kick and I was like okay it's not going in this we're going to lose 4-1 um, and it did and I almost didn't celebrate because I was just like hang on it must it's going to give offside what 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 reason are we going to have for this goal not standing and it took me a little while to kind of click that that it that it had, but it also looked like when he hit it, I thought, oh, that's going well wide, and it did go in off the post. But the the angle that I saw it from the north yeah. stand, it looked like it had beautifully hit like right down the centre into the back of the net, and I was like, how did that happen? What's going on? Is this some kind of alternate universe? I just couldn't get my head around it. Um, but brilliant shot, brilliant, and um, you know, fair play. He had he had another cracking game on um, on on Saturday, did Baza. So uh, I think if anyone deserved to to get that goal, it was him. Not so sure about his Ronaldo-style celebration afterwards, though. <laughs> it was really it's kind of about Ronaldo, wasn't it? Yeah, his kind of more slightly uh, petite physique didn't quite suit that quite so well. But, uh, you know, fair play to him. I, um, I, I, I was having this conversation the other day, and I know that, you know, I don't really give two hoots about uh, Scottish football. But I, I don't know if you've noticed over the last three years, we have signed, um, I think it's five Scottish fringe or full internationals uh, to Sheffield Wednesday. If you think about it, Barry Bannon, Stephen Fletcher, Jordan Rhodes, Ross Wallace, and they've all been dropped whilst playing for Sheffield Wednesday. Like We, we seem to have ruined the international career of about five Scottish players. And uh, surely he's got to get a look in now alongside Snodgrass, these, these Scottish lads. They're not, they're not that good, are they? You'd think so, wouldn't you? Yeah. I, they're, they're, you know what? That's it's, that's a team that's rebuilding, and they, you know, I think they're probably going in a different direction from the likes of, like you know, like you said, that you know, the George Boyds of this world. These are players who have proved that they are yeah. exactly the, the right sort of players for the Scotland national team. That being players who can't qualify for major tournaments or yeah, be any yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, lose to the yeah. Iraqis. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I can't imagine. Yeah, Barry Bannon might end up getting a run in the side. Is that going to change Scotland's fortunes? No, of course not, because <laughs> that's their job. <laughs> but of course we jest. Of course we jest. Now, uh, so buoyant after uh, after Barry Bannon's ninety-first minute free kick in the top bins in the corner, the one where you run away, making the tee position with your hand. Uh, Nottingham Forest, a team I actually I don't don't mind. They're a traditional club like we are. Traditional ground. Uh, Fairly rich history, richer than ours, you'd argue. And um, I don't mind Nottingham Forest. They're not they're not close enough to get up my nose like uh, Leeds and uh, the Snort Beast next door. But um, but so we went down there. Well, you know, James, were you optimistic for this one? Uh, ish. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I, I was kind of. I felt during that period of games that we won, I kind of still felt like, God, I'm such a miserable sod because I kept saying to people, the problem is we, we've won these games, but we've, we've just, you know, we made really hard work of it. We didn't, we didn't look convincing. And I just thought the problem is once we come up against a team that's decent, then we could get stuffed. And, and Saturday was a bit of an anomaly. We went into the forest game. Um, and I just kind of thought, I just, I don't know. I, it was, there was an element of confidence, but a kind of at the back of my mind, almost a resignation to the fact that we we're probably going to struggle to get something out of it. Yeah, too, too right. I, uh, I, I was thinking the same. And, uh, and when it kicked off, I, I thought the best, you know, I, I wouldn't be unhappy with the draw given, like you say, the way we've won these, these last few games. I don't think we've done it convincingly enough. I, uh, I, think, um, I think there were a couple of players on the park for those who uh, who stood out? I mean, Eddie. Uh, I'm assuming Cavallo for yourself would be one of them. Yeah, yeah. A lot was said in the off season, wasn't it, about how Forest having kind of been um, been famine the last few years had returned to feast mode, and they'd, they'd spent an awful lot of money. I think was it 13 million plus one it on Cavallo. Um, you know, Lewis Graben. You know, they've spent they spent that money, and actually 
for the first time, uh, and it, it felt a little bit like Stoke. It was a team that had underperformed relative to expectations, but unlike Stoke, um, they really got their shit together because, uh, yeah, you know, those two were different class and, and that looked for the first time in a long time, a team playing Wednesday that just looked like they were different gravy. Um, and it was, yes, it was a very flat performance by us, but that was a, that was a team that was starting to hum. Um, and I would be very surprised if, uh, you know, later on in the season, um, we come across them again and they are, uh, you know, or certainly whether the team continues to perform that way, but certainly we'll be talking about those two players as being, you know, two of the, the, the key men in the championship, two of the, the real big stars of this season. I think a, a player that I've, stuck I've, out for I've me. I've got to slightly disagree with that. Oh, sorry. Oh, we've got disagreement. I okay. Can, okay. This is happen often. Bring let's, it on. Let's bring it. Da, 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 have, we got, have we got the fight music from Star Trek? Come on. Oh, that's not from Star Trek, is it? Uh, <laughs> I thought for, I thought Forest were a pretty average team, to be honest, mate. I thought that they they, they didn't look anything special at all to me. First um, half, first half, absolutely. You know, I, I I I'm not even sure second half that they that particularly looked anything. Great. I, th- I thought that we probably made them look better than they actually were, and they didn't have to work particularly hard to to get a win out of that game because it, it just never got going for uh, for us. It was more akin to kind of the the Brentford performance for us in terms of the fact that not nothing seemed to work. Ev- everything felt wrong. Players were playing in positions where they didn't really seem to know what they were doing. Um, you know, there were, there were kind of two or three players who had particularly weak performances, and it feels wrong to pick those players out because no, let's no name one names. A, a this, we're, an, we're an independent no fans podcast let's name names um i, I thought fox looked really poor um i Awful. thought i've got to say i thought i thought ash baker looked like he was struggling um yeah. and at times you know, he got kind of he was up against two players at times and 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 that's always going to be difficult it's kind of what happened to him at, at Brentford actually and that seems to become a thing teams have thought stick two players on this guy he he's still learning he doesn't really know what he's doing um i thought i've got to say i thought new you was was ineffective um adam reach had a really poor game um and i i think again i've got to say for me i thought dawson was at fault for the first goal i thought he yeah. should have got to it you know, he follows yeah, yeah. the flight of the ball. You, you, don't, you don't account for someone getting a touch on it. You've got to follow the way that it's going. Um, and, um, and, 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 you know, it just, that, that went wrong for me. And I thought, you know, the, no one, no one came out of the game looking great. I thought Fletcher looked a lot stronger, uh, when he came on than, than knew you had. Uh, and obviously he did score a goal, although I don't know how heavy deflected it was because it was, we were at kind of, you know, 45 degree angle to it and it just didn't, it looked very strange the way that it went in the back of the net. Um, but um I, I I just did I didn't think that Forrest particularly stood out. I just thought that we just didn't get going. Game plan, everything just it just didn't happen for us. Yeah, no, I'd I'd agree. And it, it really is. I want you to put to pull out the difference that um that performances from individual players make. I thought Forrest were generally quite flat, certainly first half. We were we were so flat that we were pretty much the Netherlands at one point, or or Lincolnshire, if you don't travel outside this country. Um <laughs> and, and all really, again, all we had was was Barry Bannon. And um one of the things that that kind of shocked me a little bit about uh, you know, Yossi's post-match interview on Saturday was he basically called the rest of the players out and said, um, we can't just look to, to Barry. Barry can't be the person that we look mm-hmm. to unlock defences, to, to, you know, to, to be box to box, to make tackles, to create everything and destroy everything that the opposition does. It's not a one-man team. And it's like it's gone in one ear, one ear and out the other because with very few exceptions, nobody covered themselves in glory um, on Wednesday night, and 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 again, Barry Bannon put in a shift, and it wasn't his best performance by any means. But in terms of how he looked compared to the rest of the team, it was another another example of him being streets ahead of the rest of the team in a way that reminds me of how when Forestieri was playing at his absolute best, when he was a, a talismanic player, um, th- th- it felt the same way that he could be he was the only one who could turn a game. Uh, the difference being that when he was doing it, we were a team that were, you know, eighth or seventh in the league and we were trying to get up there into the playoffs. And now we're a team that, to all intents and purposes, looks like a lower mid-table side that's trying to be dragged by one player, you know, up into respectability. And that's not where we want to be. 
I, I, I completely understand you there, Eddie. I, uh, I agree with you. I think we'll come back to Bannon in a, uh, in a, in a moment. So d- during, during this game, I think, I thought that, uh, is it Guerriera, the guy with the Brutus de Barber beefcake mask on? Uh, if, you know, li- <laughs> yeah. listen to a certain Fans age, you'll remember that. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I, I thought he jockeyed very well. I thought in terms of when they, he, they didn't, let us have a minute. He was jockeying and jockeying and chasing every ball down to the point of headlessness. Like, he, you know, to the point of where I'd have got, you know, when we got told off at school for flocking after the ball when you're 10 years old, you just, you're just <laughs> flocking. And, and, and the PEs is going, stop flocking. That's what Guerriero was doing. And I thought that uh, Cavallo in the middle is, is going to look like, a, like an inspired signing for them. And, uh, but yeah, I, I, to an extent, James, I think you're right. They weren't particularly outstanding, but I think we had. Uh, we we did have a lot of average performances from a lot of key players there, but um, there's also an element of that they had a couple of average players playing better than what the uh, than what they could have done. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you about Adam Reach. I think that wasn't his best game. I mean, is is I mean, James, is there a, a discussion about position on the pitch, for example? Absolutely is, yeah. Um, Reach was our player of the season last season, and he, he's he's not become a bad player overnight. He's still one of those that there are certain there are fans out there, um, and and I I yeah I, I sit with um, some of of the fans that fall into this category uh, who just don't like Adam Reach and and look for reasons to really slate him, uh, which I, I find strange after all this time when he's, he's proved that you know he is a quality player. Um, but yeah, I mean, he just seemed to be, he didn't seem to suit the position he was played in last night. And this has been a bit of a theme over the last few games that he seems to be kind of played in positions where, um, he just doesn't seem all that well suited to it and certainly doesn't kind of, um, uh, doesn't find the involvement in the game that he was doing last season when he was in that kind of more central position. Now, let, let me be fair. The one positive I could take from last night was there was an indication that there could be a good relationship moving forward between Josh Onomar and Barry Bannon. It, it didn't quite happen um, last night. Uh, but I thought Onomar looked like he'd got something about him and... Uh, you get the feeling when they've played a few games together and they've got a better understanding that could work really well, which is good because yeah. after Saturday, uh, where, um, uh, Joey Pelliapesi was, was just, he, he was, he was, he was pretty, pretty shocking. Uh, and actually sometimes his positioning was so bad. He was just getting in the way of Barry Bannon as he was like running the midfield single handedly. He also had to dribble past one of his own players who just didn't know where to, where to stand. His positioning was terrible. Um, so yeah, indications were, were, were better about those two. But then you think, where does reach fit into that? And this was an issue that we had the season when he joined us, wasn't it? When we were, you know, at times we were playing him at left back because we just couldn't figure out where else to put him in the um, in the team? So that's something where I think Yossa's just got to go back to the drawing board a bit and just have a bit of think about, you know, if if he can't play reach in the position where he's going to utilise him to his to his best, then you know maybe he's got to hold him back on the bench or whatever because playing him somewhere where he's turning in average performances and there might be a player that could play in in that in that position uh, better than than he is. Um, but at the same time, you know, we've got uh, players like Matthias who are just so hot and cold at the moment. Um, don't know. I think there's, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of soul searching to do, I think, off, off the back of the, the forest game where, uh, Yoss does need to go back to that drawing board and just have a bit of a think about, you know, we, we didn't play as a team on, on Wednesday. We played as a team at times on Saturday, but certainly not from the start. Um, and, and we need to figure that out now. We, we, we've, we've got to be, We've got to find the right combination of players that are going to play as a unit because when we don't play as a unit, we don't win games. It's as simple as that. We, we were either we were either flocking or we were flocking off <laughs> one or the other. Hey, listen, uh, Eddie, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to tell you a thing here, but stick with me. I'm going somewhere with it. So, uh, I work in the hospitality game, and there are a few things that annoy people that work in the hospitality game. Uh, one of them is people who turn up in groups of twelve that don't book. Another one is when that same group turns up in a, in a group of 12 uh, and don't book and then walk in and start moving all the furniture around to accommodate the 12 people that they've walked in with. Uh, that's really frustrating as a, uh, as a hospitality venue manager. Now, if you wanted a beer and wanted to see our very own podcast of Victoria Wood doing just that, moving all the chairs and tables on the outside area, where could you go and do that? 
I, it, well, the old, old saying is you don't choose the hospitality game. The hospitality game chooses you. Um, and I, I know you have been deep, deep, deep into that world for a long time now, Fudgy. Um, if, if I wanted to go somewhere that I would feel welcome no matter when I turned up and that even if they didn't have any seating inside, I could go and use an excellent outside bar that serves two pint pots of whatever you ask for, even if it's red wine, and believe me, I've asked for red wine, um, then I would go to the Riverside Cafe on Catch Bar Lane. I think that is the most elaborate plug we've done for that bar, uh, in, well, in the history of podcasting, I think. Okay, I sent so, some a Mercury Music Prize for that. Yeah, I, I, yeah, uh, you know, I, I also sense a uh, you know a, a prize sponsored by a defunct telecommunications company. Okay, so moving on, I'm going to be controversial now, boys. Um, I'm just going to play devil's advocate here because you know what I'm about to say could be construed by some as absolute nonsense. Now, is Barry Bannon's dropping deep, his crossfield balls? His desire to want the ball all the time, but in a in a position where he's not high enough up the field, and the fact we're partnering with people like Pelopesi and poor Alex Hunt, um, is that to some extent detriment to the team, or is Barry Bannon god of all things? What do you reckon, James? Uh, the, I mean, the stats don't lie. I think he is officially the best player in the league, isn't he? So far, certainly in terms well, of yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, passes completed. <laughs> Uh, my entire so, point, um, but, you know. <laughs> there's, there's certainly evidence that suggests that you, um, you, 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 you may be incorrect on that one. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the thing is, almost like he doesn't probably need anyone else in that midfield because he's, he's doing the whole thing, isn't he? He's, he's, he's coming deep to collect the ball and then he's moving it forward. He's orchestrating, or, or orchestrating? I don't think that's a word. I've just made it up. He's orchestrating <laughs> the play. Orchestrating the play. Um, there's the episode title right there. I'll make a note of that. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, the thing is, no one else is going to do it, is it? There's the, we, we, we just lack creativity. Um, and, and that's a, a problem. The daft thing is actually, you know, we've just talked about him. Someone like Reach is the kind of player that can, that can link up with him, help him do that, but only if he's played in the right position of the park. Okay. So, um, you know, he's got, he's got goal of the month. Uh, what about this, uh, this yellow card suspension thing? Now it's been documented in the past that some, some dishonest, um, Members of the football fraternity use this uh, this system, this disciplinary system, and get themselves booked on certain games of uh, of less value. <laughs> so they're back for the bigger fixture later down down the road. Do you know what I mean? Do you reckon we can? Uh, do you reckon we can cheat like that, or do you reckon we're just going to play it by ear? <laughs> you know, even worse than that, it's when when they pick up those bookings just ahead of like an international break, then they can go and have a two week holiday, uh, <laughs> which. Never ever happened before because no, they're all uh, professional players. Allegedly, um, allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, allegedly. Um, look, he's, he's one yellow card off of suspension. Um, he survived the Forest game. Uh, bizarrely, nobody got booked. I think that is that the first game of the season that no one uh, in a Wednesday shirt has got booking. So we've survived the Forest game. Um, all of the players that are uh, designated to be eligible will play against Villa. Um, we hope he gets through that and, uh, and, and because we're going to need him against Leeds, aren't we? Um, let's see. Let's see what happens. Right now, he is so critical to the team that I can't imagine how we, um, survive and indeed thrive without him. It's uh, I, what James said before is actually really food for thought because, um, I don't think that there is anything about how Jos is playing Barry that means that he can't play the other impact players, the likes of Adam Reach, you know, or even, um, I know we don't mention him much, Fernando Forestieri, um, you know, actually bring these players back, play them in the right part of the, the you know, the field and, um, and find a way to accommodate the players who have the most ability to, to change the game. But, it's all based, you know, it must be based on what they're doing um, week in, week out in the match and day in, day out in training. And it, it's clear that right now, not enough of our team are stepping up and staking a case to um, to be relied on. And, and Barry Bannon, for whatever reason, if only just, um, you know, small, Scottish, angry insolence that he wants to be the best that he can be and right now he is dragging this team 
kicking and screaming towards at least, you know, vaguely uh, competent performances. So, I don't know. What do, what do we do to not rely on Barry Bannon so much? If it's going to be other players, where do we play them? Do we uh, do we let him sit deep or do we give him a free role to do whatever he wants? Because that's pretty much what he's doing right now. Well, I, I don't know the answer to that. Uh, although if we're wishing for things, uh, it would probably be a magic wand for Gary Hooper and Kieran Lee to come back because I think those three specifically would absolutely yeah. be you know, be, be yeah. dynamite. I, I, Kieran Lee, I miss so much. He is an absolute joy to watch. And the, the amount of ground that, that man covers. And we'll, we'll come to that later on about, uh, about Kieran Lee. But I've got a, uh, I've got a very important thing to bring up now, chaps. And, um, it's, uh, it's, it's something that's very dear to me. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it's, uh, it's masturbating. Now, you know, this is, this is something that, you know, a lot of us, a lot of the listeners now would be, um, would be would be familiar with because you know it's it's quite a heavy mail audience. In fact, what was the tweet I put out the other day? QI said the amount of times a man can ejaculate in a day is sixteen. Um, I'm pretty sure I beat that when I was about fifteen myself. So uh, so you know, <laughs> in your, challenge accepted. That was yeah, it. Yeah. In your face, Stephen Fry. Have some of that. Well, not, not literally. Not literally. Uh, not literally. Uh, <laughs> so uh, you know, just to, just to clear up. I have not had a bukkake party with Stephen Fry. Uh, however, you know. It, <laughs> The, just, 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 just to come back to a point, and I just need to put this to bed now. I don't, I don't want to dwell on it, but um, uh, this, this isn't the eighties anymore. Where if you get an amorous in a pub, you don't have your mates congratulating in the background, shouting "Come on, son!" It, you know what I mean? We're in, we're in Starfleet generation. People just don't want to see it anymore, especially on the cop. Uh, you know, next to people. I mean, the, the poor guy that tweeted about it is that you know he sounded like he had the worst time, didn't he? And um, you know, there's kids there. Come on, there's a time with a place, lads. You know, New Barrack tab- Tavern's open till half eleven. You know, go down there. Uh, <laughs> Northern Soul, and you can go in a dark corner and abuse yourself. Isn't it? Come on now, right then. So Eddie, that's Southern Soul, I think you call that. <laughs> yeah, that'd, that'd be something else altogether. Um, so Eddie, um, I, you know, is this something we we really care about? Uh, are, are we are we just bitter? But uh, Sean Clare has gone north of the border. He told us he had Premier League offers. He just didn't specify which Premier League had offered him a offered him a role. And Sean Clare signing for uh, what they call themselves the Jam Tarts. How, how offended about this are we? Uh, well, you know what? I actually uh, a little bit of me has a wry smile because, um, like it or not, and you know the, 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 the Scottish League do call themselves the you know the Premier Scottish Premier. Um, that's not that's monkey tennis. That's 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 not a move up. That's a move down. Um, if you've gone to Rangers or Celtic, at least you'd say, oh yeah, you know, fair enough that you know he might he's going to be playing with good players, etc., etc. Blah blah blah. Now you know what? Um, if Sean Clare had Premier League interest, I can only assume it was from uh, the North London Whites or uh, or any other um, <laughs> it's international superstar soccer. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. Birmingham. What was Villa? Bur- the Birmingham Clarets or whatever. Birmingham Clarets or something. Yeah, I think it was something like that. Rubbish. So yeah, you know what? Uh, he uh, he was one of the bright sparks, and actually, if he had come to uh, to blossom this season, I don't think we'd be talking about him in the same breath because um, it, basically all of his peers have now uh, come and shown that they are at least. As good as him playing in, uh, you know, in this team at this level, uh, let him let him go on with it. He might end up being brilliant. Uh, I would probably put more money on the fact that he will just become another journeyman footballer yeah. playing his trade in the lower leagues. So Premier 100%. League interest, brilliant, Sean. Uh, if you didn't take some legitimate Premier League interest and sign for a Premier League club, you're an absolute mug, son. Enjoy your time, <laughs> Scott. I tell you what, actually, and. I- I don't again. I don't want to dwell on this too much, but James, I right, with given the current plight of the injury situation at Sheffield Wednesday and under us being a un, with us being under an embargo, there is not a better time in any football club to be a youth academy player. Surely not. So why would you, I don't understand the think the thought process of you know you've you've got a manager there who mm. who has got a youth policy and has been forced to play players from the academy why would you not stick around I, you know have you got any comments on that well it doesn't make any sense um i've, I've got a friend who's a hearts fan um and let's i, I, I was listening to you two then 
that kind of talking to talk about if he'd gone to Rangers or Celtic or something. To, to be to be absolutely clear on this, let's be fair. You know, Hearts are making a real go of it at the moment, and they want to try and compete with the two Glasgow sides. And uh, they've brought in a lot of new players, and they're a very ambitious club. There's no doubt about that. Plus, technically, they're playing in Europe, even though their Hearts they'll go out in the first round. You know, that's yeah, kind of guaranteed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, so um, my, my mate Tesco said, "Yeah, but who is he? What's what's he like?" I think. There's no doubt that he's got some ability because uh, we saw it. But I think, what, did he play three games, four games or something like that last season? We got no um, idea at all about whether or not he's got any consistency to him. Uh, he was also playing at the back end of the season when you know we, we were in, in good form. Um, he scored a goal against Norwich in a game that didn't really mean anything. Um, so, you know, he'd made a very promising start to uh, championship football. But by no means was he proven. Uh, certainly, you know, nothing in terms of, of consistency and a lot still to, um, you know, a lot still to do, I think, to, to prove what, what he was capable of. I, I can only think there's, there's two things, right? Either this is just purely money driven and he was offered a contract and, and, and just said, no, I'm not signing for that. And they said, right. Okay. Off you go. Uh, or he originally said that, you know, he's from the south of England. And, uh, he wanted to move down south. And that's, that's what he said when he was originally linked with going to, I think, was it Tottenham who was supposed to be interested? Um, and then it was all set that it was going to Villa until they realized that they were skint. Uh, then he was off to Swansea <laughs> and he ends up at Hearts. And it's like, it, it does really jump out at you that that's never the move that he wanted. And where you're a month into the season, his agents probably been going around pretty much every club saying, I've got this player who's really good. And they probably said, yeah, but we're a bit concerned about that player's attitude because he was onto something quite good at the club that he was at and he's gone and no one else has taken him on. So what's wrong with him? And he's gone through the literally the entire length of the country before he's got to Scotland. Uh, and they've said, all right, then we'll give you a go. Why not? Um, yeah, it just seems daft. It seems daft. Why, why would he not? He, he, he must be sat there now thinking, probably should have signed that contract, shouldn't I? Yeah. That, you know what? That's that's five. That's five minutes we've done on him. Is that is that not enough? He's he's an irrelevance to it now. <laughs> yeah, let's let's move on to another medium now. I'll set the scene. The BBC come in. They give us a ten percent reduction offer on doing the commentary. We tell them no. We say no. That's not happening. We're not having that. Then we sell a lot of iFollow subscriptions. Then Rob Statton leaves to go to Hollywood. And then all of a sudden it comes back round again. <laughs> We've signed a uh, a contract with the BBC. James, do you know anything about it? Can you shed any light on it? Is it Rob Statton's fault? Um, I well, I mean, I I I know nothing um, other than uh, it's all very strange. Uh, a little, it seems a little bit daft over what are. Very small sums of money, all things considered. Um, and, it, and it just seems, it kind of feels like common sense has prevailed and that there was just a strange kind of month and a bit kind of just like an anomaly in the middle of it where you kind of look back and think in, in seasons to come, we'll look back and go, did that actually really happen? That was really strange. That was really odd. What I find interesting, firstly, I'm, I'm delighted. I'm really pleased about it. And we, we talked a lot about it at the time, didn't we? And about the fact that you could see the, the, the club side of it. You could see the BBC side of it, but you couldn't get, I couldn't get my head around this idea of the fact that there are fans who have listened to us week in, week out, year after year after year, who now can't. And that was horrible. And I hated that. So it's great that, 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 that they've got that sorted. And I'm really pleased about that. And I think it's, it shows a, a, a good sign that, you know, the club in, you know, maybe in the past might have been really stubborn about it and, and they've budged and, you know, they've, they've met somewhere in the middle and reached an agreement, which is brilliant. I think it's really interesting that they've said as well, they're going to continue with their own, um, commentary service through iFollow, both, as far as I know, both home and away, uh, because I quite like what they do with, with, with Rob O'Neill and, and John Pearson. Um, and there was a game that I watched entirely legally on the internet, um, the Reading away game a few weeks ago. Uh, and it was, it was really, um, interesting how, how different it is when you've got a commentary team that just say us and we, and you know, they're both Wednesday fans and, you know, there's no kind of like, now we're going to go across to Bramall Lane to find out what United are doing because we don't give a toss about that. Um, so I, I kind of feel like we've kind of come out of this with the best of both worlds, which, uh, maybe somewhere, somewhere on the line, someone's played a blinder. I, I don't know. It, it just feels like we've come out of it. And actually you've got a choice now when it comes to 
uh, commentaries for away games, which is amazing. Um, and, um, you know, if, if you are someone that is not, you know, internet literate, uh, and you, you were having to just sit and follow the games on, um, teletext or something, you, you've, you've got the radio commentary back now, which is brilliant. Okay. You remember teletext? CFAX. CFAX, C-fax, C-fax yeah. wasn't it? So number three or two, get a couple on. Yeah. There it is. Now, I, you know, I, it's, I, I think that it's, it's, it's really important to have that fallback position. And it's also important to have BBC Radio Sheffield invested in what is happening at Hillsborough because, um, you know, we know from the past when things go south at the club, there are very few, um, you know, media organizations that are going to at least be able, not, if not to hold the club to account, but to at least get under the covers a little bit. So anything that means that, that, BBC Radio Sheffield aren't just going to ignore what's happening at Wednesday because they've got no skin in the game is, you know, is a good thing. At the same time, um, I will be listening to, uh, to, to Rob and to John on iFollow every single week from now on because it's the, like you say, it is we, it is us. It's a, a it's a biased commentary in the right way. Um, and, and we don't have to cut to, um, you know, to it's not Seth anymore, is it? No, you don't have to cut to Jonathan Book and, um, you know, <laughs> at, at Oakwell to talk about what no, they're he's doing. Gone. It, he's I, gone. He's gone as well. Well, you know what? So, long story short, yes, it's Rob Statton's fault. The only thing that makes it worse <laughs> is that is that now part of his job is going to be to appear on Look North on the actual television. And I don't want to see his massive bald cranium uh, anywhere no. on my TV screen. So, <laughs> nobody um, nobody wants that. So it's it's a, it, a roundabout way of saying it. Fudge, I'd like to move in with you down south. Is that all right? That's absolutely fine. Come down here. Do you know who does the local news down here? Do you remember the bloke off Out For Now, Fred Dynage? He does it. No way. No you know way. I mean? I'm, I'm sold. That's it. A grand a month, I'll pay you for a, for a, for a, a room. Absolutely fine. It, it, it's too grand down here, though. It's the south. All right, then. It's all right. So let's move on. Uh, yeah, upshot being it is Rob Statton's fault, and it was a tin hat, uh, you know, a, excuse to get uh, get money out of us where I follow. You know, it, it's plain as a nose on your face. I'm joking. Don't don't email the club or anything. All right, then. So let's move on. Now, injuries. Now, we had a couple of games last week. Uh with a under-23 games, I believe. And uh, Sammy Winnell uh, had a bit of an injury setback. But the, in these games, we saw Kieran Lee and, uh, and Gary Hooper stepping out for the, uh, for the lads in the blue and white stripes. And I must admit, that was, the, uh, that, was, uh, that was a great moment for me, seeing Kieran Lee and Gary Hooper wearing, wearing this season's kit. And, you know, you know, part of me would like to see him wearing last season's kit, to be fair. But, the, you know, I'll take this season. And um, Kieran Lee lasted... Um, I think 17 minutes. I think the plan was to uh, was to have him on for a half, uh, but he uh, he didn't manage it. Went off after uh, after 17 minutes holding his groin. I believe it's a different injury. Is that correct, James? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Apparently, it's a it's a different injury, and and there was talk of it being like a two week setback. Am I the only person that sat here just thinking? I've got a funny feeling that I'm probably never going to see Kieran Lee play football again. <laughs> I, d- I don't want to admit it, but it's definitely a danger, isn't it? It's, de- it's definitely got, you know, it smacks of when uh, Luke Nillis signed for Aston Villa for all their money and smashed his leg up. It- it's just one of them where you think, oh, this is going to be heartbreaking. I don't, I don't want to see it happen, but I, I genuinely think it's, uh, it's, it's a concern. Yeah. And I think even, I, I really hope he does come back. Um, and I hope that we're really wrong. And, even if he does, I've just got this, this fear of the fact that, you know, you see players when they do come back from a long-term injury and they're just never quite the same again. Um, so it just, it just worries me a bit, but, um, the, he's had such bad luck over the last couple of years. So I can't, I've literally got my fingers crossed as I say this. I, I just can't wish him, you know, well enough, even if it's not going to happen with us or whatever. I just, you know, I really hope that somehow, this is not the end for Kieran Lee and he does manage to pull through and play football at some level somewhere. And hopefully he comes back as good as we know that he can be. Uh, and, and it's for, for us, but he's kind of one of those players that never, he's not malicious, is he? He never does anything to, you know, he's, he's not got an attitude or anything. You just think it's so unlucky that of all the players that could end up with such a, a, a bad recurrent niggling problem, it's, it's one of the good guys. 
it's the, it's it's the position he plays as well and the style of play that he has that I can't I can't make a case that says Kira Lee comes back and we know that um you know his his knee is it's it, it's been injured so much that he could never be that player again. What sort of player is he then going to become? I I can't imagine Kieran Lee becoming like a, you know the latter years of John Sheridan, where he just was immobile, sat inside the centre circle, spraying the ball around with abandon and doing that as well as he ever ever did. But had lost that cutting edge. Kieran Lee was all cutting edge. Kieran Lee is all cutting edge. I really hope that he's back. And it's and, it, and it's worrying because. Um, forget about his, his time with us. When he was at Man United as a, a you know as a young player, he was going to be the next big thing. And it's it, those injuries have taken chunks out of him. And I really hope that this hasn't taken um, the chunk out of him that prevents him from being uh, you know for you know what he has been for us, which is a top 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 championship player. Yes, yes, and uh, and I yeah, I'd be devastated. To to, uh, to lose him. Although I did hear both of you speaking then. However, since James said the phrase "never be the same again," I've been sat singing Lisa Left Eye Lopez and Mel C <laughs> in Never my head the from there. <laughs> just, honestly, rattling around. I heard you all talking, but there was, but there was nothing else happening. So right, so uh, it's not like us at the Wednesday week to introduce um, a segment that we say we're going to do every week. But uh, let's introduce a segment that we say we're going to do every week. Now the. Uh, the under nineteens, James. The the, uh, the under eighteens. The youth kids. Uh, tell me, is there anything to get excited about down uh, down in the in the child's leagues? That sounded weird, didn't it? I made that uh, sound. Well, like, I made I that mean, weird. The, the child's <laughs> leagues. The child's um, leagues. They're uh, they're only bloody well top of the league, aren't they? They da, are unbeaten da, 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 so far this season. Um, and they've. Um, I think they've conceded one goal. Uh, Boo, but, you know, bloody they, rubbish! They have, what uh, bloody goal! Bloody rubbish! <laughs> see Twitter blowing up there. Um, they um, they managed to beat Forest, unlike the senior team, one uh, nil at the weekend, and Forest are in second place. So that was quite a kind of a big win for for them. So real positive things, I think, from the under eight teams. Um, I don't, the, I don't, I'm, I, I've kind of had a look through the, the the squad and read some of the match reports and stuff. I've not been to any of the. Um, any of the academy games for a while now, but um, it, I'm not sure there's any players that are kind of jumping out as being head and shoulders above the rest. But if they continue with the kind of season that they're having, I think we'll start hearing certain names that that, that come up time and time again. So um, real good positive signs from the under 18 and where it starts the start season. I went deep this week with this one because um, I uh, I am lucky enough to be friends with uh, a. a professional football player who is 18 years old. And as a result, um, he has spent... And, oh, look, I say... For, I've made that weird now, haven't I? I yeah, you have, because when you were 22, he was a baby. He was a fetus. Like Exactly. You, you've made it weird. Exactly. And, and you know what? I could nutmeg him then. Now, not so much. Um, yeah, he's, so he plays for... <clears throat> Leeds United. Um, but he has... Because he's 18, he has grown up with... Uh, playing against these players, uh, kind of season in, season out, and so I said to him, Alf, Alf, you know what's what's going on with these under 18s Wednesday? They're top of the league." He goes, "Oh yeah, they're dead good. They're dead good." Um, I said, "So you know, who, who are they? You know, who are the key players? Who are the ones that you'd watch out for?" He goes, "Oh no, all of the good ones are already playing. Um, you know, in the in the first team for Wednesday, um, and so the basically he's got nothing." And when I, I asked him a bit further, it turned out he didn't even play for the under 18s uh, this season. He's he played against us for the under 23s. Uh, which means that I can now talk about the fact that the under 23s drew 2-2 with Leeds on Monday. Um, so more importantly, apart from the fact that Alfie from my estate played, uh, and he's actually on the Leeds United website uh, getting tackled by George Boyd. Um, Gary Hooper stepped up his recovery, played 66 minutes. Uh, he laid on a pass for the aforementioned George Boyd, um, who played 90 minutes, was on the score sheet. The other goal that we scored was an almost laughable own goal, by all accounts. Um, the 23s are doing all right. They're not doing as well as under-18s, but they are doing a decent job, especially given the fact that we are playing with, um, you know, effectively a load of absolutely crocked first-team players for the most point. Uh, the under-23s tomorrow night, this is Friday night for those who are listening, Friday night, we play 
our under-23s derby match against um, Sheffield United of Sheffield um, at Hillsborough. Uh, actually, you can go and watch it. They are charging for admission because Dave Chan Siri doesn't miss a trick. So <laughs> you can get down there. I, th- I think it's a few quid. I don't know how much it is. You know, three or four quid or something like that. But it should be a good game because the under-23s now, it, it started to feel like the reserve games of old where there's quite a lot of... Um, of quite tasty players in there who are making a stake in a claim. So I would assume that tomorrow night's Steel City under-23s derby is going to be a bit of a tasty one. Well, that that sounds fun. And like you say, I like I like the uh, the uh, under-23s uh, coming back to what they were. I remember back when they were the reserves back in the day and used to see people come back from injury. If the, um, the programme is more than a printed sheet of A4 paper that cost me 5p, I'm going to be very upset. Because, uh, you know, that that is the cornerstone of going to watch the resis. Now, James, uh, you had a bit of cinema action. Again, I've made that sound weird to the wanking conversation we had earlier on, but you had some cinema action on the movie all Wednesday. Now, uh, I believe there's some more showings. Did I, did I see that announced? Yeah, uh, no, you won't have done. Right. Um, but you, you, you just, you just completely spoiled my introduction to this piece. So thank you. Um, right. so, um, <laughs> for anyone, anyone, anyone that didn't watch the, uh, Alan Biggs show on, uh, Sheffield Live TV tonight, which I imagine is a, a small percentage of people that didn't watch it. Um, now Matt, who's the guy that, uh, that put together the All Wednesday film it was uh well it was his it was his entire baby really um he was uh on the show with alan biggs tonight and announced that uh there will be uh, another showing of it at the university of sheffield which apparently has a cinema who'd have thought that uh which will be in november i think it's going to be the 6th of november all the the full details about it are going to be announced on the official sheffield wednesday website uh, as we record this on Thursday night tomorrow, so on Friday, uh, those uh, details should be coming out. Uh, it's going to be really well priced and um, the tickets will be sold via the normal um, Sheffield Wednesday kind of um, ticket shop uh, on the uh, interweb. So it'll be really easy to, to get tickets for, for, for that. Uh, and this is brilliant because for a, li- for a little while after that film, there was part of me that just felt a bit weird about the fact that it was such a good film and yet no one else is ever going to be able to see it because uh, it was the only planned showing of it and and it was going to have to be changed quite a bit to be all right to be released on the internet. Matt, who's the guy that's uh, put together the the film, has got this this brilliant kind of plan about how uh, you know he's he hasn't made a penny from this and the uh, whatever money he raises from the showing of this film is going to reinvest so that more people can can see it and I'm sure that he'll want to kind of you know tell the full details of uh, that. But it's really good. It's in partnership with us. The really, really bad news is that I am going to be hosting the evening and I apologize to anyone that goes because that will be rubbish for you. Uh, but yeah, tickets going on sale hopefully in the next few days and it will be cracking. Excellent news. So Wednesday fans, if you are free that evening, um, you know, get a ticket, get yourself along and go and watch a piece of uh, 150 years in the, uh, well, in the, in the making? Is, is that the right way of saying it? Anyway, there's a movie about the owls. Go and see it. So, okay. Uh, we're nearly up to the hour mark. Let's start wrapping this up. Uh, next game, Aston Villa. Now, they are what you'd call one of the powerhouses of the league. One of the, one of the big teams. One of the top five. One of the big guys. Um, a team who, like us, uh, when we first went down, thought we'd go sailing back up because, uh, because arrogance and fan base. Now, they found it uh, very difficult. You know, uh, they spent 12 million quid on Ross McCormack, who's now turning out for a team I can't even remember the name of because he just didn't want to turn up for Aston Villa. But they've still made some pretty solid signings. You know, Yannick Bolassi, Tammy Abraham. Uh, I think they've actually got Glenn Whelan as well, much to my chagrin because uh, he was no. one of my favourite players back in the day. Um, and they've got, you know, they've got... Uh, cop favourite Robert Snodgrass in there as well. So these are a team... <laughs> These are a team that are uh, the opposite to us, as it were. There's there's only a couple of points between us. However, they seem to have played really well, but not picked any points up. Whereas the last few games, we've played absolutely bloody awful, but managed to pick up some points. So is there a case of, uh, James, I'll, I'll come to your face. Is there a case of them beating themselves and, and us just sailing through and getting a Barry Banner last minute winner? Or, you know, what, 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 what are you saying, fam? 
Uh, I, I don't know. I think that they've had a, a, a kind of a mixed start to the uh, season. I know fans of clubs that they've played this season who've said that they've been terrible. Um, and, I, I, you know, I've also kind of, there's been signs of them just kind of starting to turn things around, which is a bit of a worry because that tends to happen, doesn't it? Just before we play a team, they just start coming into, um, into form. It's been an interesting week for them because of the fact that their, the, the sale has gone through, hasn't it? And, um, they're, they're now under, officially under new ownership. I think that happened today or the last couple of days. Uh, it's on the verge of happening. Uh, but they've also, um, like sacked loads of people, um, there's been some backroom staff that have been fired. Um, the chief exec got fired. The director of football got fired. Um, St- Steve Bruce was kind of hanging on to that job by a, a, th- a thread a few weeks back. So it all feels a little bit like maybe, you know, new owner now officially coming in. Uh, are they in that weird limbo period where maybe the manager knows he's, he's probably going to get sacked anyway? Uh, maybe some of the players know, well, the manager's going to go. It's all going to change. It's all going to be different. We're at the start of a new era. Uh, you could argue maybe we're going to play them at the right time. On the other hand, they are going to beat us. So there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Have some of that. Have some of that. What about you, Eddie? I, I, honestly, that you know, that is our hope. When I was building the the picture of how this game could go, my hope was that um, they see a dead man walking in Steve Bruce, and they decide, "I'm not playing for him." And because they are these big name Premier League players, um, they will decide that they're going to save themselves first because they're just professionals. It's a job to them, job done. Um, I, I don't believe it. I'm saying it, and I don't believe it as it's coming, as it's spilling out of my mouth. All my brain is saying is, Eddie, you're full of bullshit. And believe me, that should happen more often than it does. Um, they are a much better team than their record suggests, and they're already sitting seventh. Uh, you know, they got absolutely battered by our city neighbours a couple of weeks ago. I can't imagine that they are a, you know, a better team than that, but... That change in ownership is like it's it's a lucky lottery, isn't it? It depends what what assurances those players have been given, whether Steve Bruce is a dead man walking or not. Um, I, I'm not going to make any predictions other than a prediction that we will lose unless Adam Reed <laughs> scores an absolute worldie in the first couple of minutes, in which case it's anyone's game, isn't it? Well, yeah, like you know, like, that's that's absolutely fine. So I'm not going to ask you for a prediction because I don't think pleasant chat however i will say we managed to get 61 minutes and 11 seconds into this podcast before we dropped our first shit so um eddie i'm I'm, it's completely your fault (laughs) that one mate so apologies if you are listening even though we did manage to get through a conversation about wanking without dropping any effing and jeffing we still you know what i mean we have we have we have that e next to our name on apple podcasts uh you know for a reason if I don't drop the S bomb at least once, <laughs> then you, you can call me a wank puffin. <laughs> it's, it's normally Victor. It's to better be fair. that way as well, because I I don't know how to remove the E. So if we stopped swearing, then I'd be screwed. <laughs> I, I don't know how you change we're, it. We're just more so, dangerous. Uh, it's better, it, it, it gives us an air of danger. Swear words. We have a quota of swear words that we have to get in, and I don't feel like we've particularly. Uh, yeah, we've got about 30 seconds left. Do just 30 seconds of swearing just to get the quota up for tonight. So I'm just, just going to say tits, tits, bollocks, and um, spunk. And that's that's me done. I'm spent. So to speak. All right. All right. So anyway, James, uh, you're available on Twitter. Uh, you know, t- tell the folks about it. You know, get some plugs in that you want. Or, or advertise your work something. Do, do what you want, mate. You, you, the floor is yours. What are you saying? Yeah, it's uh, at uh, bollocks nipples. And, uh, you can tweet me whenever you want. My other account is at James Marriott. Which essentially is the same as Bollocks Nipples, but you know, it's the same. Yeah, yeah. We just pronounce it. It's like Matthias and Matthias. Uh, Eddie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, as always, I'm available at FelchPheasant69. Um, again, this is the wrong podcast. Um, no, I am, as always, at Sausage I'm, uh, I'm, I'm at Sausage Arms. Uh, feel, feel free to send me some abuse. That's, that's, 
<laughs> I've gone to a dark what place. What a good word, felches. It's only bettered. It's only bettered by the word gooch. I, I don't think there's any better word than gooch. All right. I, I, you know what? We we're, uh, we've been three-handed tonight. I, I want to send a, a big a big get well soon to uh, Victoria, who's not here tonight. Um, she is feeling very very under the weather, and uh, I'm sure she'll be back. But in the meantime, I hope. I hope that the sudden influx of sexual innuendo at the end is at least frightened up her yeah. evening. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, at Sausage Arms, come at me, bro. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, get well soon, Vic. You know, you've probably put your back out moving all the tables and, ta- and chairs around on the Riverside Cafe, which is available for a pre-match pints on match day, says Belgian Blue, and two pints pots. So, my name's Dan Fudge. At, you, you know, you can find me at Lobotomized Shitlark on on pisschisel.com you know, <laughs> I, I'm just now saying words it's at Dan Fudge on Twitter uh, thanks for joining us and uh, I'm assuming we'll see you again soon It's the 90th minute. You've got all your mates round. You've got your McNugget chair boxes coming down the left wing, ready to go. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget. Snatching all three points, back of the net. Lubosh! Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more information. See you later! Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.